titles. Go. The longest pipe wins. You MacGyvered that shit. The full jack. That key does not fit in that hole. You saves the day. Do to be murdered. We don't got no chicken. McMammoth. His wife's favorite finger. Ray Lewis was killing it. With a leaf blower. Yep. Let's do this. Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. Orbs. Gov. Jack. Guys, what's got you geeked? Sleep. Mm. Sleep has me geeked. I am so glad that I'm getting sleep. We had a great time at the Wells Fargo Comic Con, but we did not get a whole lot of sleep, and I'm still catching up. And I tried to think about it today. I'm like, I can talk about this. I can talk about this. I can talk about this, but I'm really just looking forward to going to bed after the show. Perfect. That's the perfect vibe to send out to our audience. Yeah. All right. <laughs> of <course>. Move on. That's <laughs> not too much that something that's got me geeked. It's something that's got me uh, a little perturbed. Pissed right off. Yeah, that would be the word. Or words, I should say. So, um, Sunday night. I, uh, we went to my dad's, or Sunday we went to my dad's, which was a nice day, went to my dad's, had a cookout, he invited everybody over, me, my son, my girlfriend, my mom, um, my brother and nephew came, so it was all of us, my dad and his, and his wife, and he had a cookout, he made pulled pork, ribs, burgers, hot dogs, uh, it was just a fantastic spread, so um, came home, and was taking stuff out of the car and don't remember if I did or did not lock my doors. Come to find out, I went out Monday morning to go to the store to get a few things and somebody had broken into my car. Motherfuckers. Yeah, took everything out of the glove box, took everything out of the center console and kind of strewn it around the car. So I kind of, because it had happened before, and I left that, that time I left the door unlocked. I'm not 100% sure. I, I'm like 95% sure I left it unlocked this time. But they'd never done any damage to the car. Didn't break any windows, nothing like that. And they still hadn't done anything like that. So I just started picking stuff up and putting it away because obviously, you know, I was like, oh, what the fuck? They broke into my car. I went through all my shit looking for money or change and, and whatnot. So I walked around to the passenger side to check, to put stuff back in a glove box. And noticed the passenger door was latched but ajar a little bit. So I was like, oh, shit. I wonder if my battery is dead. The light had been on all night. I mean, we're talking from 8 o'clock. Well, from whenever they broke in until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if the light was still on or whatnot. 
So I went to put the key in the ignition and found out they, they had snapped. There was a storage key in the, I left in the car and they tried to put that in the ignition and snapped it off. In so the they tried key. to steal your fucking car too. Yeah. Little fuckers. With a storage key. Not the brightest kids in the world. I mean, you can tell that that key does not fit in that hole. I'm just saying. Any, any moron could see that. I think a trained monkey would know that. Well, if they're kids, they might not really know. Okay. We'll give them the, we'll give them the benefit of that doubt. But I was pissed that they, having it. <laughs> I mean, I was pissed that this happened, and I was like, well, I, now I got to call it. Now I got to call the cops because they'd never done anything before. I was just like, okay, well, if it, you know, if it was the same shit as before, it's not a big deal. I mean, okay, you take the change out of my cup holder. What are you going to get? A buck fifty and nickels. Knock yourself out. So, I called. I called the, the cops. Um, they came. Not not much they could do for a report because they didn't break anything. They didn't break any windows and steal anything out of the car. So I was like, okay, you know, I just wanted I wanted it on record in case it happened again, in case somebody else in the area had any problems or whatever. Um, but then the issue became trying to get the broken key piece out of the ignition so I could use the damn car and not have it towed to my mechanic. Right. So I went on, you know, everybody's favorite channel, YouTube, and found a couple of things on how to get it unstuck there was a couple of different ways to do it um i tried one of the ways and lo and behold it fucking worked if you nice. ever break off a key and it's it's not the point where you can grab it with needle nose pliers get a glue stick and it's got to be a big size glue stick one that covers up the entire hole for the the uh for the ignition or the the lock or whatever it might be and all you do is take a lighter melt the end of it a little bit just so it gets soft and just press and hold it on the actual door on the, the lock wherever it might mm. be just whatever just press and hold it until it hardens again but press not super hard but hard enough where it doesn't move and once it hardens you gotta peel the, the sides off all the way around like just kind of loosen up a little bit and then just wiggle the glue stick and the key with the broken key piece will pop out dude that's cool Wow, you MacGyvered that shit. I did. Yeah. Wow. I, did. I was. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was. I was dumbfounded at first because I tried it. The I tried it twice. The first time I, I put it on there, I didn't press hard enough, and when I pulled it, you could hear it move a little bit. But it, when I pulled it off, it, the, the glue stick came off and the key stayed in the ignition. But I still couldn't grab it with the needle. So I was like, "All right, well, I gotta try something else." I, there, there was a couple things. I said, "Try a coat hanger, try a coarse wire if you can get it in there." I was like, "Okay, well." Like, wait, wait, wait. Were you trying to get your key back or perform an abortion? What? What's... I know someone doesn't sound right. <laughs> right? I was I was shocked, too. I mean, they, they show all these things working, and I was like, I'm going to try this again. So my son and I were down there, and I did it again. I, I cut the piece off of the, the glue stick that I'd used before and did it again. Same thing, softened it up, but I pressed a little bit harder this time and held it for a little while longer. And it, just basically goes in and gets over that first little notch of broken key where it's so locked. grabs it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it grabs onto it. And all you have to do, you have to, you have to lightly pull. You can't just yank it out. You got to kind of wiggle it out and it came right out. And I sent the picture to you guys so you guys know that it, it comes out. So, but I was, uh, I was pissed at one point, but then I was kind of happy that that actually worked. And I, I put my, put my uh, key to the car in, tried to write up, no problems, nothing like that. So, that, that was a positive to a, a shitty Monday. Yeah. Well, at least it did end up working out altogether. So it did. It did. Sorry it that happened, but 
Yeah. Let, let me know when we find these fuckers and I'll bring oh, yeah, my baseball bat. Yeah. I got mine next to my bed. I swear to Christ, if I ever find, if I ever, oh, I'm looking out the window and I see somebody trying to break into cars out there. Believe me, I am going to catch a murder charge. Are you in a situation where you can put up a security camera anywhere? I don't believe so. I'm in an apartment complex. It's, it would be tough. Are you it, on I, like a first floor or second floor? I mean, what if you stuck your head out a window? Could you maybe attach it to the side there? Uh, might be tough it's, it's tough because of the screen. You have to pop the screen out. And I want my security deposit back. But you're right, you. I've thought. I've often thought about it because we've complained that people will come into our apartment complex and dump garbage into the garbage or into recycling that don't live there. We brought it up to our uh, in management, and the manager's like, "Well, we can't do anything about it. You have to. You have to. You have to stop them." I'm like, "It's not my fucking job to stop them. Why do I have to worry about?" Somebody dropping shit off in my in your bins. Why do I have to be the one out there taking a look at it and keeping an eye on it? You don't. That's the answer. Right. Yeah. Up security cameras. That will stop people from doing it. And every time we call, they're like, "Oh, there's nothing we can do about it." But then you raise our rent to cover the cost of them picking up the garbage, or that's so so quote unquote why they're raising the rent. It's because they've got to charge more for garbage pickup. So they won't fix. Yeah. Right. Even though that happened, though, like, I know you watched a YouTube video. I know it was a shitty situation. I'm sorry it happened. You're like, holy fuck. Like what Paul said, you MacGyvered it. You're like, this shouldn't fucking worked. It did. I swear to God, I said the same thing. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> it fucking worked. I could not believe it. I was like, it fucking worked. I was like, holy shit. I, ca- I called I called my mom. <laughs> I called my mom and told her because she she was at the doctor's when I told her when I first found out it happened and I called her and I'm like somebody broke into our car, broke a key off it and she's like well what are we gonna do I'm like well I gotta have a tow to our mechanic I gotta have a tow to the mechanics and I'm like there's gotta be a way to get it out it, it happens more often than you think so I was looking at it and they were like oh yeah you can just use a pair of needle nose pliers I'm like I fucking tried that it was it was broke off and it was in a little bit too far for me to get the needle nose in there so I'm like I gotta find another way and um. Kelly told me, she's like, oh, you can, use a, you can use a glue stick. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I didn't see anything about that, but I kind of scrolled through YouTube a little bit more, and I found one about it, and it was, they were doing it on like a door lock. I'm like, well, the concept's got to be at least be the same. Right. So I did it, and it fucking worked, and I was, I mean, I called everybody and told them, so. <laughs> I sent you guys the picture, it, it worked, and I'm like, fucking hey, MacGyver dead shit, so. That's awesome. Yeah, so I was kind of stoked with that. So too bad you can't put up a camera. I put up. A, I have a several security cameras, and I used to get to watch the homeless people come by and take all of my uh, cans out of my recycling every night. But now they've gotten brave, and they they do it at like three fifteen in the afternoon, five minutes after I've set them out. They just come by and take them. They're just, they're just waiting for you to drop them off. Basically, yeah. Right. Don't be late. I consider it a hot house now. It's not just your house, man. When I stayed at my buddy's house for, for 12 days, my, my son and I, we put, we had, you know, we got sodas and stuff like that. And we put the bottles and cans in their cycling. They're gone the next morning. So it's not just you. People walk through neighborhoods and do that shit, shit all the time. So. Oh Jesus. Nice. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Kev. 
Uh, we're actually headed to Montana here in about a week, uh, a little over a week. Um, friends of ours are driving out uh, their uh, truck and trailer and taking all of our uh, motorcycles out. And um, they're making a three-week trip out of it, and uh, Kathy and I are making a one-week trip out of it. So they're, uh, they're going to stop at a few places on the way out and see some old friends and family and uh, uh, maybe ride a couple different places. And then we're all uh, hanging out in this uh, Airbnb together for nice. um, for a week. Yeah, it's really nice, too. It's a really nice place. Going to go to uh, Glacier National Park. And, cool. Uh, ride around there a little bit and see some cool stuff. And Kathy's going to go uh, see if she can find a uh, buffalo, a wild buffalo. Nice. And, uh, you know, tame it, bring it back. Stay the fuck away from it. So she made a she made what she thought was a joke about walking up to one and, and making friends with it, and my buddy took it pretty serious. He's a farmer, so he posted on uh, Facebook this picture. You know, the, the difference between a regular cow and a uh, fully loaded assault cow, which was the uh, <laughs> buffalo. And he, it's so, it's pretty funny. Um, it's been a, it's been a hilarious joke. So now all of the buffalo you see out there are going to be uh, fully loaded assault cows. Perfect. So you're telling us the sequel to Dances with Wolves will be Assault with Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yes. Yeah, so if you make it back alive, we'll be we'll be uh we'll be happy. We'll be very, very happy. Yeah, but no, that's that's coming up and we're all looking forward to that. So awesome. Yep. And you'll be coming back just in time for your appearance at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Actually, we're leaving the day um after that. So Oh, I thought until you came back. Well, I forget. Like the whatever. Day before. I don't remember. However, I don't however it's working. Whatever it's working out. But you'll be there. Yeah. To run yeah. Gaming with Geeks for the first time. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? Could you have just scheduled your COVID for a different yeah, time? Yeah, no, I, I tried. I tried hard. <laughs> uh, I, I'm really bummed I missed the Wolfboro uh, Comic Con. That was... Mm. So, you, so you didn't end up with COVID, too? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Sorry, was um, I not supposed to say that? <laughs> no, it don't matter. I don't give a shit. You know, whatever. I thought I had it once before and never tested positive for it. This time, I just thought I had a cold. And whoa, well, look at that, positive. Whatever. Glad you're better, though. Yeah. Yeah. You so you've been you've had it's been a what a week. Yeah, about that. Um, so last Wednesday, I woke up with what I thought was a cold you know sore throat um and then it just progressively got worse to the point where i ended up on uh, telehealth and uh they prescribed me those wonderful wonderful uh paxlovid uh, pills and don't don't anybody fool you it is not a single pill it is uh three at a time uh twice a day and they are easily the size of a fingernail each they're uh they're they're nothing to uh, sneeze at Probably like that new Omicron variant you got right now, because that is very contagious right now for a lot of people. So yeah, yeah, it could be. I, um, I just figured you're a late adopter, you know, like like you know, you haven't upgraded your consoles yet or anything. You waited until everybody else was done with COVID to get it. That kind of tracks. So it does. It really does. And I have actually, I have actually a follow up on that uh, very same thing uh, later on, Hugh. All right, fantastic, perfect. <laughs> Jack, what do you got? Other than me calculating like a hyena last Friday night. So um I don't know. Yeah, like Hugh says at best, like sleep is nice. We only got like four hours of sleep um Saturday night. Well, you but... keep saying that it was three hours of sleep. We we got back to, to our room that. after two. Yeah. And you know, Butcher, I know myself, I had to go take a dump and everything. And you were still awake when I came out of the bathroom. So it was yeah. close to three when we at least, you know, we went to bed. I don't know what Paul did. 
So Paul got up at like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And we got up at six. Yeah, mm-hmm. not so it was three hours of sleep. No, yeah. um, I think I mentioned it to uh, Paul and Hugh over the weekend. What's got me geeked is um, it's really honestly the little things. Like my parents at the end of this month, forty-two years of marriage they're celebrating. So um, that is pretty awesome. My sister is going to come in town this weekend. And um, one of my favorite restaurants is Francesca's in Syracuse. People like Possibilities, people like all these other places, but Francesca's is a good go-to. Like Utica Greens is a solid food. I really love eating that one. That's really good. Just having some good home-cooked food uh, with some chicken riggies, some conversation with family, just being with like some family, having a lot of fun. Because like, um, I'll stay the night at my parents because my sister will be into town. And my dad's like, oh, you're staying? We can go in the hot tub. We can hang out. We can do all these fun things. And like, my dad's acting like a like a, a little kid, like getting ready for like a sleepover or something like that. He's just so excited that two of his kids are staying over because we all have lives now. Because like I have my two jobs, my girlfriend, uh, we do our podcast together. We just have fun. But my dad's face just lit up like it was like Christmas morning. Because he's just so excited because he's like, oh, my God, OK, we can do this. We can do this. I'm like, sure, Dad, whatever you want to do. Um, I think you want to be with mom for your anniversary. He's like, yeah, yeah, fine. That. That's fine. That's fine. But we'll just do all these fun. Haven't things. they spent enough time together? 42 years. Yeah, 42 years. That's plenty. Well, that's what he said. He's like, yeah, yeah, she's fine. She's fine. Lindsay and uh, mom can hang out together. But you um, you and I, we can have some fun. So, like, yes, it's you're, it's always when the child's always happy to see you with their parent. But now it's like role reversal. So. It's really kind of fun just to be with uh, my parents a little bit this weekend and celebrate their anniversary with my sister. He's like, finally, he's grown up and he's not an annoying little shit. I can actually hang out with him. I can't wait to get to that point with my kids. Right. Yeah, you can bust on each other. My dad actually was like, yeah, I mean, let's find that podcast. Like, I, I went over the other night and he was like listening to it. And like, my mom's like, let me see that too. My dad's like, yeah, leave me alone. I'm just listening to it alone right now. So, so my dad's just like going through it all and like, He's working out. He's listening to it. So it's kind of fun. So homage to our dads and uh, family. So that's what really got me geeked. Outstanding. Um, mine is uh, Wellsboro Comic Con. It was it's just recap time. Um, I'm expecting you guys to, to jump in on this one as well. But wow, did we have a good time? We had a lot of fun on a whole little bit of sleep. Yeah. Um. Good times was had by all. Um, Kevin, I know you were out sick, but I do got to say thank you because I ended up getting a bomb ass room to myself. <laughs> um, my room literally had like a bedroom and then had a whole like chill spot on the other side of a wall. The it was sitting fucking room. cool. Yeah. And we sat a lot. Um, those of you that have seen the videos, you know, the cackling video, um, <laughs> got to see the, the sitting room. We got to hang out in there for a little bit while Jack like screamed like a hyena at fucking one o'clock in the morning i don't know (laughs) overtired no No. i think it was the two beers he had you know the whole weekend how about Um, lifting your lamp up and then it just like fell apart breaking the lamp yeah thanks that's first thing he does first they come in and they throw hot pizzas on my uh nightstands and and scar the fucking nightstands and then jack's like fuck this lamp and (laughs) i don't know what was going on then there was you know face down and and ball sweat um what remember we talked about the pin drop and i i flopped onto my bed and i'm like oh shit that's where balls were (laughs) yeah yeah you you need to clarify that because that sounded like it could be something else completely (laughs) he dropped like a ton of bricks and he's like oh fuck i'm like what'd you do he's like oh ball tap (laughs) yeah I didn't say ball tap. I said that's where my balls were. <laughs> eh, ball tap and balls. 
<coughs> Dark, I um, think I didn't miss much. Oh no, you missed a lot. I, I mean, not to make you feel bad, but we had a, we had a really good time. Met a lot of really cool people. Yes, yes, we did. Um, yes. Are any of them going to be up at the horror fest? No, no. Uh, potentially. No we met some uh, some some cool uh, vendors that do like crocheted crafts and yeah. sensory Jessie stuffed animals. Her, was it her sister? I her believe? sister. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to try a name because I think I know what her name is, but I'm not going to be sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, Jesse is a, a listener now. Hey, Jesse. Hello. She so, was my uh, smoking buddy. Uh, yes. Or in my case, vaping buddy. Yes. Uh, really cool. Uh, apparently also a big Kevin Smith fan, but somehow we never broached that. Her and I never got to talking about that. But they said they're going to try and swing in Friday evening to a Sci-Fi Horror Fest and, and uh, hang out with us for a bit. It was cool, um, like you said. Uh, we also met another podcast, New Pod City. Give him a little shout out right there. Yep, so, Frank Sasso. Yep, that was cool. Like, he was there walking around in his uh, Batman costume, screen oh, use Batman but, costume. Yeah, screen use because he's a, he was a former stuntman, right? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, it was really cool. It, it was the the Batfleck costume. Pretty freaking awesome. Oh wow. What's and I can see I see why he was a stuntman for that because when he had it on jawline and everything i mean Perfect. when he walked yes. through paul had met him i hadn't met him yet i didn't know that he worked on the was it justice league or i don't know if it was justice league? league or uh, batman v okay but um i saw this guy walk by in a batman suit from that era i saw the jawline i'm like holy shit that looks just like ben affleck it looked really good next day i find out well yeah there's a reason for that <laughs> Uh, we also met the uh, the world's biggest Spider-Man fan. Yep, he did. And I'm 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 remiss at on his name now because we just kept calling him Peter Parker because he was I Spider-Man. Thought you'd already met him. <laughs> Awkward. Um. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry, Kev. <laughs> um. But and. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that all this was made possible by Mr. Julian Stam. Thanks for having us. We had a blast. Hopefully, he's gotten a chance to finally sit down and relax for a minute. That man yeah. did not stop moving. He he was just on the go the whole time. Um, really cool. Great shop he owns. It's called Pop's Culture Shop. We went in, checked it out. What two, three times? Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very very cool town. You got to check it out. It's a, it's a quaint little like Andy Griffith style town, I'd say. Oh yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to going back. Uh, it's not it's not huge, you know. There's no. only like maybe five six blocks of town. Maybe does it sound about right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but what's there is just really it's like stepping back into the '50s, like an old sitcom or something. Everyone's friendly. Everything's clean. Everything's nice. Uh, they were even talking about how they just plug their phones in and leave them and right. walk away because people don't steal shit. Uh, yeah. I'm just... Pennsylvania is an open carry state. Well, well yeah, you, can, you, know, you need to there's be in a reason attack. why there's no crime. Right. <laughs> but if you see a phone sitting there alone and there isn't a person there guarding it with a gun. But somebody is. <laughs> well, but yeah, like they said, they they said, oh, I forgot my phone. They go and go back and like the next day they don't pick it up, which is kind of cool. It was like, still there. Yeah, it was still there. Like it's like what Paul said though. Like we were vendors there, and like some of Julian's like um, colleagues were coming by to us. Like, do you need more water? They really took good care of us, so they just made sure we were okay all weekend. 
Oh, and uh, we can't go without mentioning DPH Games. Uh, yeah. They were our neighbors. Uh, Dan, the the mastermind behind it, really cool guy. Kept coming over, hanging out with us, and his girlfriend. Is that what he said? I well, you know the way they they talk. I didn't hear him say that, but she said things like, "Oh, the dog will try to get to, between us when we're trying to cuddle in the morning." So I assume there's something going on there. Yeah, the, there was definitely a relationship status there. I just don't know if it was marriage or not. I saw but, the wedding uh, bands, but I'm not sure. So they're married to somebody. So yeah, yeah. there's was like a turquoise color, and his was black, but I'm not sure. But the, the point being, she uh, she was really into the cosplay. She showed up the first day dressed up as one of the men in black, and yeah. they have the little was that a pug? pug? Yeah. Their dog was dressed up as Frank from Men in Black. It was nice. perfect. Day two, she was Gamora. Oh, nice. yes, it was awesome. Very awesome. And the little pug had a little Groot. Uh, oh band. yeah, the the Groot bandana. Yes, it was it was really cool. Um, ton of people doing cosplay. Tons and tons. We kept seeing them come through while we were we were doing our gaming. It was it was pretty awesome. Uh, Hugh stayed very busy. If you saw on the on our Facebook page, running games of Ah Zombie. I Actually, right? I thought it was called Ah Zombies. It's not. It's just zombies. Okay, zombies. just zombies from Twilight Creations. If you're looking to uh. uh to play it um yeah should i talk about that a little bit paul real quick before we let okay. kevin take off on it was thing. really interesting because I, I i i was on my on the highway and i'm like oh crap i didn't grab any games because i was going to grab a couple games we had just in, in case turned around grabbed them made it on time uh this is one of the games i didn't think i'd, I'd break out i'm like yeah th this isn't going to be popular this is too complicated you know it's it's a board building zombies and rules for the zombie movement all that shit i ended up my first two players were like seven years old and you know what they got it and we played and, and played and played and then when they had to leave somebody else came in and picked up where they left off it really worked and i was constantly teaching the game to you know younger players and older players over and over again but i figured out a system to make that work um, i was just really I, I i was nervous i was like ah crap this is never going to work and it worked great and i i don't even feel like i can take credit for it because i just figured it out on the fly you know it's not like i'm mm -hmm. awesome i'm lucky that's what i am i'm fucking lucky that's that's the secret to success of being lucky at the right <laughs> time in the right yeah but they really enjoyed it, Hugh, though. Like, people gravitated towards you when you were doing that. You were showing them a really, you really saved the weekend, though. Really, it was awesome. You did a good job with that. Hugh saves the weekend. There's your, there you go. There's your fault. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm going to write that one down. He's <laughs> already writing it down. <laughs> no, it was good. That's cool, though. That's awesome that it, it was. worked out that way. Yeah. Um, got us excited for Sci Fi Horror Fest, definitely, uh, for what we can pull off with that one now. So going to be good times, but I'm going to, I'm going to cut it short. Uh, just do know that I am in the editing process for the uh, ART episode that's going to come out from Wellsboro Comic Con. So stay tuned for that guys reasonably soon. Um, and guys, we playing anything? Well, I can just tell you that I opened up the box for fallout, the board game, which I purchased at oh. pops culture culture shop. While I was there. Yes, Kevin, I did it. I went there, I looked at it, I went back to the hotel, went back right before they closed because I just had to. So I bought it and Evan played it. Don't know if I ever will, but <laughs> I opened it up. 
the miniatures are cool. All the pieces are cool. I, I think there's like, you know, 14 decks of cards. No, I'm kidding. I think there, there's really like six different decks of cards. It's really fucking complicated. I read through the rules oh. today and I was like, oh my fucking God, but I'm going to try. I, it looks like once you figure it out, I, I, there, there's a lot of window dressing, which is a little complex, but once you figure all of that out, the actual gameplay is straightforward. There's just a lot of things to keep track of, but the tracker that they give you for your player really does work because you, all those things that are complicated, when you get them, they actually slot into different places on the board nice. or on your, your character on board. Your character board. Yeah. So uh, it, it looks like it's organized in the most efficient way it possibly can be. So I'm looking forward to taking a deeper dive into it. Outstanding. That's cool. They bought games. I bought snacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my two, my two favorite things <laughs> I, have a, I have a report on what i'm playing it's actually what i'm not playing <laughs> we had a power outage not long ago and i was in the middle of trying to play some far cry 3 probably my fourth time through the game at the hardest level and on uh, trying to fire the game back up it could not find my save game and then somehow synchronized the corrupted save game with my online save. No. So guess what's gone? My ability to play Far Cry 3. A game that I had really, really, really fallen in love with. I mean, thanks to Hugh for telling me about it. I, I have just had the greatest time with that game. And on this final playthrough, I was really going to take my time and, you know, really explore some of the very interesting nuances of the character and the island. And so you, you, know, you can't even start a new game. I can't, I can't recover any of the old games from online. I haven't found any method to do that. Even completely wiping my computer of all the old files, save files, everything, any remnant of the game. It's all in the online store and those online stores for the older versions of games aren't maintained what if you what if you kill your internet while you boot it up and start a new game and then use that to overwrite the cloud save uh, i might be able to do that it might work it might work but it's actually it's actually going to be a good reason for me to get into a far cry 4 or 5 or something. <laughs> to move him on try, yeah try to get try to get into the next one something like that but i'm kind of bummed because my you know if, if i look in steam I, i'm embarrassed to say that i've got 183 play hours that are now abandoned but you like the game that's all that matters yeah. <laughs> Corbs? Yeah. You playing anything? No. No. <laughs> no, no, I've been uh well, I've been trying to play whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole? Mm. I find that one whack-a-mole. <laughs> Is that code? <laughs> oh. Hey oh. No, no, no. That, that was, that's that's play that's that's slapping the monkey. That's spanking. Oh no, that's yeah. something different. Either way, it's animal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack, I'm assuming you've had no time to play anything. No, sir. <laughs> All right. What about uh, you? <laughs> I have not played anything. I just have a little bit of news. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns delayed again. Um, they've pushed it back to make sure that it's going to be the best experience for the player base. Uh, now the exact launch window is going to be within the 2023 fiscal year, which means it will be released before the end of March in 2023. Um, it's supposed to be out this October, and now they pushed it back, and now my copy will be waiting until next year, apparently. So, and longer than that, probably yes. 
<laughs> they get pushed back until they just refund me. Yes. Pretty much. That's what I would yeah. suggest. All oh, right. It'll be, be the best game in the world. Once you oh, uh, Paul, the one thing about Wellsboro Comic Con that was actually pretty cool we forgot to mention was uh, we went to that VIP breakfast and we got the picture with the guest of honor himself, Roy Thomas. As yes, we did. Really cool. There's a, there's a geek pod picture and then a bunch of isolated pictures. Yes. That's nice fun. guy. That's all. Assuming you guys are going to talk more about this later. Potentially. It, it might dribble back in. <laughs> right. But I think it's a good time to get back into Kev's tabletop review. So uh, this is actually part two of uh, the visit Paul and I had with uh, an old friend of his uh, had game had a, had a game evening um, and presented us with uh, some very, very, very cool board games. Uh, this one was a um, uh, what was it? Um, what do they what do they do when they have to pay to, to get uh, the different features? You know, the um, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Jeez, go. I drew a blank there. I think this one was a Kickstarter. I haven't really read through all the details of it to really see for sure if this is what it, was. it was. I remember them saying that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and it was 2022 release. So, this one is called Transmission. So, I'm going to read you a little synopsis uh, they've got on uh, boardgamegeek.com here. Uh, based on the lovely illustrated world of Matt Dixon, Transmissions brings his world of mechanical friends to life. In the game, Players share robots, four robots, as workers moving around a Rondell-style board, collecting engrams and electricity. These are used to gather ideas to improve your use of robots or items to score points at the end of the game. You also build your own set of connected flowing pipes while gathering birds and butterflies to score even more points. Those are actually multipliers. The game ends when no ideas are left. A player's robots are complete or no pipes remain to be built. After an equal number of turns, the player with the highest total score wins. Now, this game is absolutely beautiful. You look at the board, you look at the little pieces because each one of these things that were mentioned in that idea um, the, or the, that, that little synopsis, the ideas are these little tiny cardboard pieces that um, have a feature on them. And you assemble these on your player card to build the best robot that you can. And you get more stuff with each robot you use as you build those robots up on your, your, your player cards up on, on your card. Um, you, uh, I, I forget how the gameplay goes, but you end up, you have to, oh, oh, you have a set of cards. So you have, you are dealt a set of, um, I forget how many cards, five or six cards. Mm -hmm. And in those cards, um, you, you, can, you can play um, whatever robot you have in those cards. And in yes. the cards will have the different, the four different robots. And you look at the board and you see where the robots are and you see what the possibilities are. And you play your card to, to, control that robot for your hand 
move the robot to the place where you're going to get out of it what you need to get out of it, which could be more ideas or um, or additional, maybe it's additional pipe or something like that. The idea being um, you want to collect as much of these things, the pipes, the ideas, you know, building that card. Um, you want to do as much of that as you possibly can before you run out of ideas. Because once the ideas are out, this and those, see the ideas and the pipes are the two things that run out the quickest. Yes. And um, once they run out, the game's over and you have to start doing all your totals. What a fantastic game. Um, BoardGameGeek.com has it as a, I believe, two out of five for weight. Um, ages 10 plus, one to four players. We played with four players, the maximum. Uh, 45 to 60 minute play time. And our host was constantly telling us about the game and it was constantly engaging in other conversations. So it took a little bit longer than that. But that was perfectly fine because it gave us plenty of opportunity to to learn the game. And I would highly suggest looking at BoardGameGeek.com because the pictures they have there of the game are phenomenal. Some of them are of the higher end pieces that must have been available for people that got into the um, uh, the Kickstarter at a higher level because mm -hmm. or or they painted them themselves, one or the other. Um, but you'll see the board, you'll see the game pieces. And um, <clears throat> uh, not, not want to read you one more little thing, the, like the mechanisms. Uh, hand management, that's the cards that you're dealt. Uh, the rondelle, which is the, um, the shape of the path on the board. Uh, the set collection, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the card that, you're, that you, have to, you have to fill for different purposes. Um, each, each one of the rows being for each one of the robots. So the robots do different things or have better better mm -hmm. features for you when you're controlling it. Um, variable player powers, that's again, the card, you build it differently based on what you collect versus the guy next to you. And worker placement, which is actually where you place the robot in order to gain the features in that section on the board. Very, very, very cool game. Um, we picked it up very quickly and I would highly suggest this. It's on the more expensive side a little over $60 any place I've seen it. Um, but if you're looking for something that you can, again, that you want to get uh, people involved that may or may not necessarily uh, get into involved, get, get into a game like this, I think this would do it. I think once they, once they see it played through or once they play through it for a few minutes, I think they'd be hooked. I know I, I know I am, you know, Paul and I both went out and bought um, the, um, I forget the name of it. Uh, Splendor. Splendor. We both went out and bought Splendor um when we you know right after going to play in this game and if i ever find transmission somewhere and i've been looking for it i've stopped in quite a few game shops if i find transmission somewhere i will definitely pick it up um very very fun game what what, what was your thoughts paul i loved it i had a blast yeah. i uh I, I didn't start into the scheming on that game like i did on splendor but yeah i think you still did pretty well though i did all right i think who, I... who won well james our oh, host the, yeah. our host one yeah yeah i think he had the most the most Pipes connected the longest then, yeah. Pipe. yeah yeah he's and he did say that it, it as it works out if you can connect the the longest pipe and, and and really it's a matter of how you connect them and, and keeping the you know bends going in the right direction he did say that there isn't there is a, a higher advantage to that mm -hmm. so if you're concentrating on connecting the most uh, pieces of pipe together you know as in life the longest pipe wins. 
That's who I hear. <laughs> we talk about pipes. <laughs> Jack, when you get all there, we'll explain it to you. Yeah. But I want to know now. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, and that's why I won't room with Jack. Thanks, Paul. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. So there you go. Transmissions. Fantastic game. Uh, we had a blast with it. And again, thanks uh, to our host, James, for introducing us to these games. Um, hopefully, at least Splendor will be playing at Sci-Fi Horror Fest with Gaming with Geeks. Yep. Yeah, because Kev, yeah. You'd, you'd be proud. Bye, Corbs. Corbs. You'd be proud of Paul. He took Splendor, he opened up the box, he set it all up, and then didn't do anything with it. <laughs> then it sat picture. there. Yeah. You got a good picture for social media. Yes. I looked at it, and I'm like, this isn't a quick pickup game like you can't just jump into this and play this one so okay, that's good to know um it was it, it drew people in because it, it looked cool um and one of our liaisons tim fluffy oh, yeah. tim um i call him fluffy because his hair he, he had quite a bit bounce. of hair there and it was fluffy uh had some bounce to it kind of like jack's beard did before he bitched out and trimmed it down uh <laughs> uh all right, Jack. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. <laughs> I'm fine. It'll be back in a couple weeks. It's like a chia oh, pet. Yeah. Um, I guess we bored Corbs. Sorry. Can I, can I water it? You can water it. <laughs> Define <laughs> water it. <laughs> I think you just did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But yeah, great games all around. Um, what can we expect since we're in the gaming section? Uh, Kev, what do you have in mind for Sci-Fi Horror Fest? What games are you thinking we're going to be fielding out there? And it's going to be in a rotational Yeah, so one thing. of the ones that I honestly believe will, will catch some people um, is is One Night Werewolf. I think, nice. I think once they hear it, once they hear the phone piece of it where it it walks you through what to do you know the different players have to do things like you have to you have to go to sleep and certain players have to wake up and look around the table i think once somebody sees that from a distance i think they'll be very intrigued and um once they see how they put the game is played out and once they see that the more players there are um the better uh, i think i think that might draw some folks in especially if we can you know if, if somebody plays part of it and then walks away then we can get somebody else in but i think I honestly think we can get through a hand of this so quickly that we won't be rotating through in the middle of the game, which is nice. kind of what I was thinking before. I think Hugh's playthrough of, of um, a Zombies game was very intriguing because I really hadn't thought about doing that. I didn't know how we would approach that with Splendor. Uh, I was really thinking that we would play you know, a few hands of a particular game, and then if somebody walked up, you know, we would start reset. over. Or you know, reset of some way, or or maybe maybe the game would just play through because I think One Night Werewolf, it's like a fifteen or twenty minute game to play through the whole hand. Perfect. Yeah, and I think that works out. Like, uh, because you'd you'd go what 20, 30 minutes in a game with of zombies while we were there. I, sometimes, yeah. Um, I, I think well, it can go longer. It all depends on when the helipad gets up right. old. But I I think the one thing that that helped that once I started partially setting up the board is that people can look at that and they can see that there's, there are nine squares on each mm. map. There are spaces, there are figures in the spaces. They know that they have to move characters in those spaces. They probably have to roll dice to figure out how many spaces they can go. These are things everybody knows. 
So when they look at it, they immediately understand some of the mechanics, whereas something like Splendor, you look at that and you're like, is that like Lord of the Rings poker? What the fuck is this shit? (laughs) Um, You know, it's they they don't instantly look at it and understand some of the mechanics already. You're not wrong. Paul did. Paul I mean, that's what everyone savant. thinks. Yeah, Paul's an idiot. I mean, savant. <laughs> Neither one of you are wrong. I'm just going to say. <laughs> but that one, one, one Night Werewolf is a fun game for sure. I'll definitely will. It'll be actually, if you think about it, like when you're playing the game, maybe we can get one of our team members to join in as well. So that'd be kind of cool as well. So yeah, yeah, two we'll... weak bad people playing with like some people as well. Oh, we can, yeah. I and you know, and and you know, we'll have a few other games. Whatever, whatever we have, we, you know, we'll hit and miss on a few things. That, that's kind of the way I was looking at it before. Is we'll hit and miss on some things. We'll mm-hmm. find something that works, and we'll just stay with it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll exactly. Just with that. But we're gonna have a good time anyway. You look yeah. at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And what we figured out is, if you beat us at the game, then you get the prize pack. We uh we sent home a couple prize packs. They they got the the full Monty there. They got the the can koozie, the stickers, the uh the buttons that hopefully work correctly, um and of course the business card because we want them to scan the QR code. Nice. So nice. I think you should refer to that as the full jack. You <laughs> get the full jack. The full jack. Oh dear. <laughs> All right then. Um, if we don't have anything else to add in this gaming section, uh, I think it's a good time to send it to break and we'll come back for the news. Stick with us, guys. Awesome. The fourth annual Sci-Fi Horror Fest is coming to Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York on August 26th and 27th. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities including horror track slide movie riff, gaming with geeks, haircuts from the demon barber himself, Sweeney Todd, vendors, paranormal investigation groups, and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities. Exciting guests include special FX artist Craig Lindbergh, Scream Queens Genevieve Rossi and Lena Sinna, and headline guests include CJ Graham, Richard Masser, David Howard Thornton, Grim from Grimm's Horror Show, Brandon Tennold from Brandon Tennold's Cult Movie Reviews, Peter Gashik, the Sin Masochist, and Cecil Trechenberg of Good Bad Flicks. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.scifihorrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any last issues with COVID-19. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore. Located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking, Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics.
Now, before you look around for new animals to eat, here's the news. Speaking of which, first up, Big Mammoth or McMammoth, which has more marketing appeal? Science firm Colossal has been in the news recently as they are moving forward with a program to bring the woolly mammoth back to life. Using DNA from preserved mammoths and mixing it with Asian elephants, they believe they can de-extinct the cuddly herbivore. Uh, why the mammoth and not something else? Well, there's uh, the first reason is everyone loves the woolly mammoth. There aren't woolly mammoth hate groups online. Seriously, they looked into it. The second is the effect on the environment. The mammoth's weight and their proclivity to wander around for food used to compress the permafrost in the Arctic, slowing its melting and increasing its ability to capture carbon. The hope is this would reduce greenhouse gases and help battle climate change. They feel they are five to six years away from success. They also note, should things go bad, rolling back a few thousand pound animals would be easier than if they released, say, genetically modified mosquitoes or something. Uh, I quote them, so Jurassic Park, we're not going to do that. <laughs> the other side of the coin is mm -hmm. potentially more tasty. News of the woolly mammoth coming back to life hits the internet, and within a day, tons of articles are asking, should we eat them? Now, I know that's awful, but it, 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 what else do humans do when we find something new? We either eat it or fuck it. I would say this is probably the better choice you know, of questions to ask. Now, a typical cow yields about 440 pounds of meat, whereas a mammoth would yield over 1,000 pounds. Advocates say this could be the solution to at least some of the worldwide food insecurity. Uh, but you know, if it becomes publicly acceptable, we will have a fast food version as soon as possible. Humans bringing animals back from extinction and eating them. That earth-destroying asteroid can't come fast enough. Next up, sorry, not sorry. Warner Brothers must have hired Dog the Bounty Hunter as Ezra Miller has been found and checked themselves into treatment. In a statement I am sure was written by someone with a gun in their other hand, the actor said, having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand I am suffering complex mental issues and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. So. Just so I understand this, you throw away the diverse female-driven movies on your slate, but you do a manhunt for a white actor who's barely been in anything and force them into treatment. I mean, I didn't even know who Ezra Miller was before they were cast as The Flash. Has anyone ever been on board with this? Release the movie, add a scene at the end, which multiverses a new Flash into movie continuity, and then move on. In the next team-up movie, pull a roadie and have Jason Momoa look over and say, you changed your look. It's less creepy now. I like it. Boom! Problem solved. Send my check to Hugh Care of GeekPod. I'll go update my IMDb. And finally, you have got to be kidding. WB Discovery has sold the majority stake in CW Network to the Next Star Media Group. They now hold a 75% stake and will be taking control of the network immediately. Their intention is to cut costs in expensive scripted shows and replace them with unscripted shows and syndicated content. So they are basically going to turn it into an infomercial. And that's fine. The writing was on the wall. The more interesting thing is the demographic information that came out of the analyst calls. They revealed that the average age of a CW viewer is, wait for it, 58 fucking years old. Oh. 58. The network known for comic book shows, scantily clad 20-somethings and Supernatural, is primarily watched by old perverts, apparently. Like I should talk. I watch Riverdale. But that aside, this is astonishing. It's also why it's the least watched network. Now, although their plan moves don't seem to me like they're going to win over the 18 to 34 demo, if I were them, I would lean into it. 
bring back the man show, Baywatch, and whatever 27-year-olds playing high schoolers in little clothing pretending to be aimed at teenager shows you want and market to the AARP and hurricane crowds. You aren't going to overthrow the big three with syndicated shows anyway, but you could lock in the dirty old man audience. I mean, it can't be worse than the ratings they have now, right? And uh, that's the news, kids. Now a public service announcement. Do not go to the KFC on Erie Boulevard. In the nearly decade I have lived here, I have never had a good experience there. The employees seem like they could care less if you're there. The bathrooms and the rest of the place are dirty, dark, and disgusting. They never have enough chicken. I always have to wait 20 minutes for them to cook more, and it always tastes bad. They are the reason we switched to Popeye's. Now, Yesterday, my daughter mentioned KFC, and like an abuse victim, I forgot how badly they had treated me and decided to give them another chance. I walk in and wait for almost five minutes. Finally, a girl in a hospital scrubs comes to the counter and asks what I need. I hand her a coupon for a 12-piece family meal, and she says to me, we can't help you. We don't got no chicken. Not, we ran out of chicken. Not, we are making more. You know, can you wait for it? She said, we can't help you. We don't got no chicken. So what are you then? What is your function? Kentucky Fried what? Kentucky Fried shitty customer service? How about Kentucky Fried don't give a fuck? If they were literally out of chicken, you would think they put a sign on the door or something. So they clearly had chicken, but apparently didn't even want to throw any down for me and have me wait. Just go away, customer. We can't help you that with what the sign on the fucking building says we can help you with. So I walked out and did the rational thing. I got out of my car when a car pulled up and told them not to bother. They had no chicken just for a few minutes, but it felt right. And at the very least, if you can't provide the most basic thing you were paid to provide, there is a word that helps a ton in these situations. It's the word sorry. I wish they'd torn down the place to build the another unnecessary Burger King instead of the Denny's next door that they tore down. I should not have to be this angry about a fast food restaurant. Fuck you, KFC on Erie Boulevard. You know chicken heaven, don't give a fuck. I hope you go to hell and get ass fucked by giant chickens with extra crispy deep fried dicks for eternity, motherfuckers. Breathe. <laughs> Paul? Wow. In other news, koala bears are not bears. Back to you, Corbs. What? Yes, they are. They're well, so you went dark. It says right in the name, koala bear. Actually, they're yeah, just Well, koala. Kentucky Fried Chicken's supposed to have chicken. Welcome to the New World Order. <laughs> they got no bear. Uh, they got no bear, Corbs. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got no chicken either. No, I'm going to make a suggestion that you want KFC, go to a different KFC. We did. <laughs> Get we some had koala. to drive to Liverpool. Oh. You come to the new one out at my house? No, the one on Electronics house? Parkway. Oh. Oh, I forgot about that one. Where's one near your house? Yeah, seriously. There's one right on 57 now. Where? Right next to the um, the thrift store. Mm-hmm. Really? There, There's the there's the Burger King, the thrift store. Yeah. That's a KFC now? Yep. Isn't it like an auto place? Yep. How long? Huh. Maybe six months now. And I've been there once. Hmm. Did they have chicken? They did six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you. <laughs> fuck did I miss that? No idea. I haven't eaten KFC in so many years. I, I can't yeah. even count how many years. I've yeah. had it only twice ever in my whole life. So it's, it's always been so greasy that I just couldn't do it. Gives me the shits. 
the slippery. Well, there's, there's that too. <laughs> Corbs, are you watching a show or a movie review? What do you got? <laughs> is the same way for me, though. <clears throat> All right. Last week we uh, we did uh, offensive. Oh yeah, greatest players. Yes, and I made up uh, their histories in my head. What they were yes. famous for. I'm gonna do that again. I'll be over here. <laughs> So this week we're going to do defensive players. All right. So we're going to start with the edge rusher. Um, no offense. I mean, Lawrence Taylor, definitely the best edge rusher in the history. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, there's really no way better, but there are guys out there. You got Richard Gant, Michael Strahan, Deacon Jones. These guys all come to mind. Um, but Lawrence Taylor, bad and all that he, he he had in his career, drugs, whatever it might be, still hands down the best defensive player I think out there. Can't really can't really dispute that one. That one I don't really dispute. Um, the next one they had was defensive tackle. Now, this one I kind of was like, yeah, we really know about this one. They listed Aaron Donald as the best. Defensive tackle. Now he's good. Don't get me wrong. And he might be the best player going right now. But there are a lot of players that came before him that probably a lot better. I mean, Richard Seymour, John Randall, Warren Sapp, Mean Joe Green. So I mean, there's some there's a there's a list of players I think probably deserve this a little bit more than he did. Not saying that he doesn't deserve to be there, but there are other guys that probably could have gotten mentioned. Um, so the next one that they did was linebackers. And this one, it was another one. I kind of was, mm, they listed Ray Lewis as the best linebacker. Okay. Uh, again, he's a good linebacker, but I think there was a lot better linebackers out there than Ray Lewis. Some to come to mind, Sam Huff, Ray Nitsky, Brian Erlacher, Ted Hendricks, Chuck Bednarik, Mike Singletary. <laughs> Dick Butkus and Jack Lambert. I mean, Ray Lewis was good, and he, you know, he was good for a long time. But there's a, I think there's a lot better linebackers out there than say Ray Lewis. He could have probably gone with a couple of different guys in that in that instance. Um, quarterbacks, I, I kind of didn't disagree with. Um, the one they had was Deion Sanders. I mean, he revolutionized the position, but they didn't mention a few guys in it that I thought probably should have been mentioned. Um, Paul, you'll like some of the ones that I have on here. I mean, you got Dick LeBeau. I think Champ Bailey deserves to be in there. Mm -hmm. Dick Knight Train Lane. Uh, Daryl Green, known as the fastest man in, in the NFL. Uh, Mel Blunt and two Raiders that I could come up with. There's a third one that I actually think should be in there, too. You got Charles Woodson. Oh, yeah. Okay, he just, and Lester Hayes. Mm -hmm. All right. And then Mike Haynes. Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes probably go down as the best tandem corners to play the game. They revolutionized the, the Raiders of the 1980s. They yep. changed, they changed the, the, their, their defense. You, you know, you couldn't pick one guy 
to pick on it. And Jack, you you watch football as much as I do. You always they always talk about oh we're gonna pick on this one this one cornerback every game. It's like oh this guy they're gonna pick on this guy. The Raiders of the '80s you couldn't do that. These two guys were hands down the two best defensive players in that era. I think they should have been mentioned in the in this list, and they just they weren't. Mike Haynes was, um, but I thought Lester. I actually thought Lester Hayes was better than Mike Haynes. Um, but Mike Haynes played a little bit longer. He was with the Patriots before that, so maybe maybe Mike Haynes might be a little bit better, but. I mean, they left a lot of guys off that list for that for that position. So yeah, but still, I mean, you got to admit, I, I think they might have got that one right because oh, I don't. Ray I don't, Lewis was definitely killing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, very good, very good. <laughs> Sorry, I've been waiting to make that joke. <laughs> right, and, and I don't, and I don't disagree with Dion. I mean, Dion was hands down; he was the best defensive back. He changed the game, made it flash. Did you say he was the best defensive black? Yes. Back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. Right. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to safety. Now, I don't disagree with this one either. Um, any man that would cut a finger off to stay in a game should be at the top of my list. And I'm talking about Ronnie Lott. Right. You guys all have heard the story. I, well, maybe you have. No, I haven't. <laughs> He's so like, he, no, I haven't. He dislocated and broke a finger in the middle of a game went to the sidelines and the, the trainer was like, well, I got to, we got to take you to the hospital to have it set and you're going to miss some time. And he goes, well, if you cut it off, can I get back on the field? And he goes, yeah, but I wouldn't recommend it. And he just said, cut it off. God. Yeah. That's he, insane. Yeah. Just so we could keep playing. That's yep. the kind of man he was. I did think they could have mentioned yeah, the man. He was crazy. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the kind of thing you look back and you're like, man, maybe I should have, you know, should have stayed out of that game when you're trying to do something. You go home and you try to play piano. Your wife's like, that was my favorite finger. I mean, fuck. It was a football game. That's, yeah. like, that's like Jason Pierre-Paul. Why, why hold on to a firecracker when you light it and, mm-hmm. and lose three fingers? I mean, yeah, two fingers, but I digress. <laughs> Uh, for safeties, I think they left a couple of guys out. Uh, Eric Berry comes to mind. <coughs> um, Rod Woodson is up there. Uh, Troy Palomalo, I think, was you know he's always he's always going to be the top towards the top of the list. Ed Reed was very good for the for the Ravens. My favorite guy is uh, Steve Atwater from from Denver. I mean, the guy hit like a fucking truck. Any guy who could hit Christian Okoye. He's a big, big 250-pound running back. And Steve Atwater hit him as he was coming through the hole and knocked him backwards. And that was the first and only time Christian Nikoya got hit and went backwards. So this guy hit like a truck. And I, I thought he should be at least be mentioned. He wasn't even mentioned in the, in the article, which kind of upset me a little bit. I mean, he was very good for the Denver teams that went to the Super Bowl a couple of times. But before LA, before they won it, LA won the Super Bowls. But so I thought he should be mentioned. Uh, kickers, I didn't disagree with the kicker either. Um, the kicker they have on here is Adam Vinatieri. Um, he's going to go down as probably that, that's hard to dispute. Yeah, yeah, he's going to go down as probably the greatest clutch kicker. In he the won game. three Super Bowls. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, he hit he a lot of big, big field goals. <laughs> um, some of the other ones that I think should have been kind of mentioned, uh, Jason Elam. 
Uh, he was pretty good. Kerry Anderson, uh, George Blanda, Morton Anderson, Lou Garza from the, from the early days, and then most recently, and I think he may come down uh, come up as the second best kicker is John is Justin Tucker. Yeah, from Denver, or not from Denver, from Baltimore. Um, just really kind of a, a real, you know, it's a really good list. And I don't think you could go wrong with any one of those guys as your, as your kicker. <coughs> um, then again, I don't disagree with Adam Benetary. Like I said, he's going to go down as probably the greatest clutch kicker of all times. Um, punters, I mean, punters is a punter. Um, punter they had at the top list. Um, did they even get names? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they did. They had a few. Had wait, a few. wait, are they like the bassist in a band? Pretty much. Drummer. Yeah. You know, really you that one bar, though. Punters are great. <laughs> so the punter that they had, they had a couple of them on here, but the one that, you know, that goes down for me is uh, is Ray Guy from the Raiders of the, the 70s and 80s. A <coughs> um, couple of guys that kind of deserve to be mentioned. Um, Reggie Roby from the Dolphins of the 80s. He was, he was always good. Uh, recently, you got uh, John Hecker recently of the Rams. I don't know if he's still with the Rams anymore. And then um, our favorite wrestler, Pat McAfee. <laughs> so he's uh, he's in there. He was always a good kicker. Um, and then the last position that I have to talk about is returners. And I didn't kind of re- agree with this one until I started reading some of the stats. They have Devin Hester as the best return man. And I thought to myself, yeah, I don't know. He only had a short career. But he had five kickoffs for touch returns, return touchdown returns, like five kickoff returns for touchdowns. But he had 19 punt returns for touchdowns, if I remember the wow. other. Wow. That's impressive. I didn't re- and I didn't realize that. I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty good. Um, but there are some guys that I think they mentioned one other guy, and they mentioned Gal Sayers. Because I remember he was he okay. did he did returns and stuff like that. But I mean, you got Eric Medcalf, you got Brian Mitchell, uh, Billy White Shoes Johnson. He revolutionized the punt return era of the early '80s with the Falcons. So with the defense, I mean, there were some that I kind of agreed with, but some I kind of was like, yeah, I don't know, you know. So, but I just like I said, I kind of was like, okay, well. I wanted to bring this up because, it, like I said, I kind of was like, I don't agree with some of these. And I was just kind of wondering, kind of more like what Paul and because I know Hugh, you're not a big sports guy at all. And so I just wonder what Jack and, and, and Paul kind of thought. I mean, anything that you guys thought maybe I left off the list? Yeah, one of your safeties. I'm very disappointed. It was Brian Dawkins. Where the hell is he? <laughs> Isn't he hanging on your wall? Yeah, he is. Um, but for edge rushers too, though uh, non-biased, though I would put like Bruce Smith and Reggie White in there too. Yeah, I just don't agree with okay. that. Yeah, yeah, Reggie's oh. Reggie got to be up there. Reggie, Reggie could uh, get by you with a a hand slap. Is what they call okay. it. He used to just smack guys in the side of the yeah, hand, exactly, Paul. Yep. He just it used to be a used to be the swim move. Now it's yeah. now he, he literally like he would hit you with his hand on the side of the helmet and push you. Yep. And then probably another edge rusher, not as high of the list, but a fanfare, but a very sleeper was uh, Dwight Freeney from Syracuse University. Under yeah, I thought, that was faster. 
Yeah, I thought about Dwight. I did think about him and, and stuff. Um, I also thought about, like, for receivers, I thought maybe Reggie Wayne being there instead of Marvin with Marvin Harrison because they went down there probably together. They were fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's – I mean, you can always – there's there's always guys that you can think of that probably should be in there. And Dwight probably should be in there too. I mean, he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. He was a fantastic edge rusher for the Colts. So – like what was it also the Buffalo Bills in the late 90s 2000s weren't never very good but one punter that comes to mind is Brian Mormon if you guys want to google I think I mentioned this last podcast Sean Taylor a late cornerback lit him up in a pro bowl oh my god that guy could like he flies backwards I'm pretty sure we posted that video yeah (laughs) yeah Sean Taylor's not a safety that you can throw in there too I mean obviously his his career was cut short due to him being murdered Um, oh yeah so did the, did, that'll, that'll do it. Yes. Yeah. Did the list have um, long snappers like um, no. well, John Darren Boss is a very good one too. I yeah, know. No, they didn't get anything. They didn't get anything like that. Um, I just kind of I, I went off the list they had, and then I kind of went through another list and was looking to see what they also had. That's where I came up with some of the other names too. But ESPN didn't have a lot of names for each one of these positions, and I was kind of like, well, you're you're, you're missing guys. I get it. It's you got to keep it short for an article, but you could have at least mentioned some of these guys and like, oh, maybe you know, in the, at the bottom where they had some of those guys. Well, let, how about these guys? And it was like one or two guys, and I'm like, hey, you're missing a lot of people in this. And I was thinking, I kept thinking to myself, like, who's writing this article? I mean, is it some teenager that doesn't remember these guys from the past? And that that kind of irritated me a little bit too, because you know, as we get older, than we are. Um, my, my kid is not a very, very big into sports and anything like that, but he's not going to remember, remember Rainitsky and Dick Budkiss. He's not going to remember these guys, Dick Knight train lane, <coughs> you know, he's They can see videos on these guys, but they're not going to understand the, the, the magnitude of these guys in that era. Correct. Yeah. In fact, in the far future, people will read those names and try to figure out what it is they did, right. or what they were famous for. Like you're doing? Just like I do, yeah. But Coach Corbs, when we're at Sci-Fi Horror Fest, I would love to hear what your team is compared to, like, a team that we put together. So, like, you pick your quarterback, running back. Like, I want to see who you would pick, but that's another So, thing. you want him to play fantasy football with you? Is that? Well, we're, like, we're talking, like, all, yes. all time? Okay. Yeah, we'll do, we'll, we'll do that next week. I'm like, who's your – like, think about it. And it'll be my team compared to your team. I'm kind of curious. And then we can post it or something like that. And, and while they're doing that, Hugh – We'll pick our, our our best Avengers rosters. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I'm, 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 God, I'm, what are you gonna? Oh, Kev, you gotta pick something. <laughs> what? You gotta pick the <laughs> yeah, Avengers roster, or the football roster, and Kev's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Kev, Kev will be your busy running the gaming table. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was good. I like that. Uh, let's move it along. Jack, how about your erroneous questions? Of the week. Oh, you got it. it. All right. Um, so I just picked um erroneous trivia questions for the week. So they could be about anything. So let's start. Or you got lazy because you're tired. You just yeah. picked <laughs> it's like when you you said it best. Like I'm, we're just you talking. know, I, I have to ask you, Jack, is it what? erroneous question because we're gonna get it wrong? Because or is it erroneous question because you're lying to us about the answers? No, they're just erroneous. That's... They could be about anything. So they could be uh, any topic. Basically. But erroneous means error, doesn't it? 
something that is incorrect. Erroneous can be anything. So it could be a question about anything. Random, then we'll call them random trivia questions. Then, if you want, I'm to call not it, doing the open again. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm just curious. All right, so how about this one? What can be broken but never held? Your your wait heart? No. Wind? No. A wish. <laughs> that's good. That's but, good. But a wish? No. That's a good can't, guess though. Can't hold a wish. Your word? No. Well, word is on the right track. I'm right. Just admit it. No. I promise. I promise. So, okay. Look that way. I think mine was better. I think Hugh and I uh, tie on that one. I know. How about this one? This one is actually, I did not even know this one. What is the thing Americans open 22 times a day? Which I don't even do this 22 times a day, which they say on average, American opens it 22 times a day. Their wallet. That was a lot. It's not wallet. But <laughs> I said email. Not email. Front door. Not front door. Their eyes. What did you say? Uh, refrigerator door. Yeah, refrigerator door. Nice. I, I, I buy that too. I don't do it 22 times a day. I just leave it open. My wife. I, I like, do that about 22 times an hour. Three or four times. A, yeah. Right. And then this last one, this guy was the it's oldest actor ever to win the sexiest man alive on People's Magazine. Tom and Seller. He is, and he is now dead, unfortunately. Sean Connery. Yeah. You got that with me. Yeah. Weren't with we supposed quickness. to break before we answered the questions? No. No? Oh, no, no. That's when Paul asks his. Oh, that's the topic. That's right. what's about to happen right now. <gasps> All right. So our weekly topic for this week and. Kevin's going to pretend to act surprised because I know he already looked at it on the thing. So he's formulating. Okay. Anyway, this came up because of uh, something yesterday when I was cleaning the kitchen and and it came across. What is your guilty pleasure song? It's a song that's not exactly cool, but you like really dig it. All right. So I'll give you guys a minute. We'll cut it to break. We'll come back with our answers for our weekly topic. Stick with us, guys. The fourth annual Sci-Fi Horror Fest is coming to Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York on August 26th and 27th. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities including horror tracks live movie riff, gaming with geeks, haircuts from the demon barber himself, Sweeney Todd, vendors, paranormal investigation groups, and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities. Exciting guests include special FX artist Craig Lindbergh, Scream Queens Genevieve Rossi and Lena Sinna, and headline guests include CJ Graham, Richard Masser, David Howard Thornton, Grim from Grimm's Horror Show, Brandon Tennell from Brandon Tennell's Cult Movie Reviews, Peter Gashik, the Sin Masochist, and Cecil Trechenberg of Good Bad Flicks. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.scifihorrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any last issues with COVID-19. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run? 
How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics. means it's time for the weekly topic and let me reiterate that question for you what is your guilty pleasure song a song that's not exactly cool but you love it anyway hugh go <sighs> paul i hate you for this I actually i don't hate you as much because you took so goddamn long on that break that i got to listen to both of them so they're not going to be earworms in my ear when i try to go to bed <laughs> but i actually have, i have two because i couldn't pick one um, and they're both going to surprise you, I think. The first one is Right Here, Right Now by Jesus Jones. Oh. Do you remember that song? I, I do. do. I know that one. I actually yep. bought that entire album and listened to it a ton. I, I got I the DVD or the CD. Yep, yep. With the little pur- the purple CD with the guy. Yeah. The yeah, yep. I loved that song. The other one, and I had to make sure I pulled them both up, What's On Your Mind, Pure Energy by the Information Society. Do you remember Holy that cow, one? Hugh, are we I know that sides one. of the same coin? It's possible. It's possible. I also loved that band. I, it was, I got pulled in because they had the Star Trek snippets, you know, in the song. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, you know, it's worked so far, but we're not out yet. That that one. Why are they but guilty yeah. pleasures, though? You just like listen. It's, it's, I, I mean, they're, they're weird songs. I mean, sometimes you hear them on the radio. Well, not the radio stations I listen to. But nobody seems to know who they are. I mean, Kevin's the only person here who really is like, oh, yeah, um, no one else is. So clearly they're not popular songs, but I absolutely love them. And now they're going to have to go into my music rotation and my wife's going to be like, what the fuck happened to our playlist? <laughs> and she's already mad that I added uh, Downstate's Kingdom to it because I think Cody Rhodes' entrance song is fucking awesome. <laughs> Nice. I'm itching my foot. Sorry. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Who wants to go next? Those are good ones, though. I I got. I'm gonna. I gotta go because (laughs) all of her music is top charts right now because she just died. Um, Pretty much anything by Olivia Newton-John. I have always owned all of her albums. I've loved her since I was eight years old. I had this huge crush on her, just like every other little boy in America. And I always wanted to go to Australia because I always thought all the women in Australia looked, looked and sounded just like her. I mean, but anything. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. Um, Xanadu, people are like, 
oh, it was a horrible movie. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was great because Olivia <laughs> was in it. You know, I any of them. I mean, Xanadu is the one that I, you know, first comes to mind. But physical, you know, all of them. It just. But now, now it's not cool. No, now I'm cool. And I don't like being cool. So I want to go back to, you know, I liked it before. You know, I didn't think anybody else did. <laughs> we are definitely not two sides of the same coin, but we might be adjacent <laughs> coins. I just have to ask, what the fuck happened to our order, Paul? Because Kevin Rose's hand, that's why it changed. That, I don't know. I'm, raising my I, hand I'm still that. seeing the, the same yeah, order. You have a hand there. How did that even happen? I didn't do, talk do, to you. Does anyone else right, see the hand? Yeah, you I see the hand. hand. You hit the I hand. I see the ball. hand. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't actually. There you hit go. The button. Wait. What if I go like this? No, no I'm. Is that what happened? A... No, it's at the bottom. There's a reaction thing. You can. It can say raise. There's a thing that says raise hand. Interesting. Right. Yeah, but I didn't actually click on it. Whatever. Oh, whatever. Uh, AI is built into Zoom now. Corbs, do you want to go or do you want me to go? <laughs> go ahead, Jack. Um, just guilty pleasure songs. Actually, they're my uh, karaoke go-tos. So um, I don't sing karaoke. I perform because I am the most tone deaf oh. person in the whole world. But I like no. to have good, <laughs> I like to have a good time either. when I do karaoke. So Scotty doesn't know is always a good classic. Um, so you always got to have that one on because that's always like a good pump up song, which is always good. So you can I know all the songs. It's from one of my favorite movies, Euro Trip, and Lustra has the band I believe it was called. But like I have, but I looked up. I put up what was that. Uh-uh. Which is me in my mic. Okay. Uh, but Matt Damon did the cameo during the movie sang- singing it, which was great. But um, also another classic is I'm Too Sexy. They're just guilty pleasures, like, by right side. Fred. Um, they're just fun go-tos. They're just, like, you can listen to them anytime, and you know all the words, and just listen to them having a fun time. You, like, where you're at, you're like, all right, what? I don't know what's going on right now, but they're playing right now. This is going to be my next song for the next three to four minutes. I don't know any of those words. He's a liar. <laughs> Carbs. Yep. Hang on. What do you got? <laughs> Hang on. I got a couple of them. So where'd you go? All right. So I got a few. Um, Jack took one of them. Right <laughs> side Fun, Fred. Okay. So um, for me, it's uh, Dexy's Midnight Runner. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Yeah, <laughs> and then um another one i've got is uh men with hats it's the safety dance i just heard oh, that yeah. yesterday <laughs> and then um this one is a shout out to my mom um she just got back from allentown pennsylvania she went and saw barry manilow oh but, yeah and uh for me it's the coca coca cabana mm-hmm. so my, my mom would always play the the a track cleaning the house or whatever she'd always have it on um it's just you know it's one of those songs that it, and you, you don't you never hear it on the radio anymore you don't ever hear it unless you're listening to like you know ancient oldies channel or whatever or the barry manilow channel or <laughs> right the fairy or, channel or whatever are you are you a fan of low i'm not a fan of low <laughs> I am you might hear that on capital wasteland radio what do you think kev fuck yeah <laughs> So, but yeah, those are those are those are it for me. Uh, I, I did have, you know, Red Said Fred. I'm too sexy, so but Jack took that one, so I figured I come up with a couple more. But the more I thought about it, you know, Safety Dance and and um, Come On Eileen. Those those two when those two songs come on in the car, you can't help but 
You can't help but sing them, so. You're cool. not wrong. So we can share I'm Too Sexy. That can be shared, so it's all good. Y'all share whatever you want. That's all. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm good. <clears throat> all right. So mine, it's just one song, but it's You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon. Uh, <laughs> that that's mine that, that that hit yesterday and that just hit just right so you, nice you can guy. thank uh paul simon and a little bit of uh chevy chase for that one i love that video that video was so that's a good funny. one that's a good one i have to go watch that video today when i go to bed <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right so moving on guys what are you watching uh, uh-oh can I can I just say, I am so sorry I waited to watch Stranger Things. <laughs> the best, the absolute best season yet. My the hair on my arm stood up more times than I can count. I just thought it was the greatest. And the last episode, oh my god! I mean, over two hours didn't make it. Wow, didn't make any difference. I was just my son started watching it so. Oh, I can't. I'm not going to say any more. It's just fucking awesome. Go ahead, well, you. Now, Jamie Thomas, Robert Downey Jr., tell me they cannot just plug him in as Iron Man, say he's, you know, Tony had a clone and, um, you know, he's a little bit younger, but I, he could play that character. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh. Yeah. Possible. Like I would totally buy if they put him in a movie and they said he was a de-aged Robert Downey Jr. I would fucking believe that, one hundred percent. Oh, wow! Hmm. I'm like my mind is fucking blown right now. He right down to the mannerisms. The the character he played in that movie was young Tony Stark. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Do you want me to? All right, so, like, you do you want to go or do you want me to go? Jack, just go. All right. <laughs> it's easier so, to ask for forgiveness than permission. All right. So basically, mm-hmm. like, we're so busy. Like, but I wouldn't actually. I saw two new trailers this week, which I'm very excited about. A movie that's dropping on Friday that I'm going to be watching. Um, what's that? It's called. Let's see, Samaritan with Sylvester Stallone. Did you guys see about this? This looks yep. really good. Mm-hmm. So basically, it is about a young boy who learns about a superhero that has thought has been gone missing after an epic battle over twenty years may in fact be still around. So this has been trying been out, trying to go out for a couple of years now, but COVID put it on hold. But now that it's coming out on Amazon Prime, it looks really good. So I think that looks pretty awesome. I really want to check that out. And um, the last one though is um, the creators of Yellowstone have a new show with another Stallone picture, Tulsa. Um, so that one, Tulsa? Tulsa. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that one. I've seen previews for that one. That one looks pretty good. Yeah. It comes out in November. It's the Paramount show, but Stallone, it always says Academy Award uh, nominee. So uh, Stallone's now in his seventies and uh, it's about a mobster that goes to Oklahoma, but this could actually get Stallone like an Emmy. This one looks pretty uh, interesting. You're, so you're, I definitely want to check those two out. Wait, you mean Stallone is all of a sudden going to develop acting capabilities? 
I'm not gonna lie, he's a guilty pleasure actor. He's the only actor huh. in Hollywood that's had three billion dollar franchises. So. The only reason you watch a Stallone movie is because you want to see Sylvester Stallone. You don't give a flying fuck who he's playing. You're <laughs> no, watching you the movie to see Sylvester Stallone kick some ass. Exactly. But like this one, actually, um, yes, he's the mobster. Of course, he'll kick ass, but he'll also like kick ass in a very different way as like a mobster head. So like, I'm yeah. kind of curious what he can do in this. So it looks kind of like a dark, but a little serious, but. Always Stallone does like the like the Rockies or the Rambo's, the Expendables, but this one looks a little bit more of a drama type feel. But um, I'm I want to check out both of those for sure. Nice, Tulsa. What's that on, Jack? Paramount, Paramount. He said Paramount. Is it on Paramount? Okay. Yeah, that comes out is in it, November. Is it going to be on Paramount? Or is it going to be on Paramount Plus? I don't know off the top of my Good head. Question. It says, no Good it, question. It says it drops on um, November thirteenth or something like that. I'm not the, the least used television streaming uh, service available today really because it's also the most confusing there's paramount and paramount plus and -hmm. they've released they've released shows on one that you can't get on the other but then they'll swap them so then you get on the other one but you can't get it it's it it needs to burn it needs to burn in hell and just go completely just go away. Well, that's because Kevin and I were talking about that with Yellowstone. It comes out on Paramount, but you can't get it on Paramount Plus until the new season drops. Or right. until, until like six months later, because because Kevin and I are the only two that watch it here. I don't it, know, Jack, do you watch it at all? It, I watched it, it up to the third season. I'm not caught up yet because they're so long, but it's a very good show. Yeah. And, and hold on, you can't stream Paramount by itself. You can't just subscribe to Paramount. You can subscribe to Paramount Plus, but Paramount only comes in packages. Of course. It is ridiculous. Um, Paramount Plus. It's going to be on Paramount Plus. Okay. There you go. Well, you know, now that you said that, that makes sense. Paramount is a TV station, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. That's the reason why they're they're holding stuff back to get ratings on TV or moving it to streaming to get ratings there. I completely understand. I completely understand. It's still a shitty model. It's a horrible model. And and to, to do that, to do that to their customers after they made them wait so long, and then I'm going back to Yellowstone, to do that to the customers after they waited so long was complete BS. And I'll never forgive them for it. Well, we're gonna move to the day that like we were talking about over the weekend. These networks, like so these streaming services, Disney Plus is going up to ten dollars. I'm waiting for the day, which is gonna be told bullshit. They're gonna be okay, Super Bowl one hundred only on pay-per-view or something like that. Like, if they do that, that's going to be like, what the fuck is going on here? We won't be around for that anyway, so. Yeah. When is, I don't even know what it's going to be. I'm going to be cry frozen until they figure out what the fuck's wrong with me. (laughs) Me and Walt Disney. (laughs) Side by side. And John Wayne. (laughs) There you go. I like that one. (laughs) And Peck and Bob. (laughs) Okay, I'll stop this madness and I'll go. Um, the final season, or not final, the final episode of the third season of Evil came out this past week. Kevin, go watch Evil. it. Evil. Evil. I, okay, I'll tell you, the, the the glowing review you just gave Stranger Things, I would wager that Evil is just as good. Okay. All right. and, and, and and even here, now we're end of the third season. Didn't see what happened coming. Holy fucking shit. It's just so good. Um, also, little thing i call when animals attack it's actually a folder on my uh, computer so 
my wife and I were going, hmm, what horror movies haven't we watched with our daughter since we now inter- are introducing her to horror? We realized that we haven't done any of the animal horror movies. And my uh, wife's like, oh, you know, like The Grey or The Edge. And I'm like, that's a great idea. And I immediately went and ignored those movies and downloaded all of the Lake Placids and Anacondas, which if you didn't know it, those series went in parallel because there's also a movie called Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Oh my I God. I fucking wait to get to that. We are... We are like three, three and a half movies in. It is so fucking awful. Uh, and I'm loving every second of it. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is Tales of the Walking Dead. Now, this is the elephant in the room. Now, did anybody get to watch the first episode? Not yet. Okay. No. Um, first episode, it's, it's, it's good. I actually enjoyed it. You know, it was, uh, there were parts, it was a little bit more lighthearted. I didn't hate it. What confused me is because, you know, I have AMC Plus, I was able to watch the first two episodes except somehow i got them mixed up i watched the second episode first mm-hmm. now you guys had said oh yeah the the episode with terry cruz is on we start watching an episode with parker posey i'm completely confused we get to the end of it i'm like this is not what i first of all it wasn't didn't have any of the actors i thought one of it i gotta tell you guys right now the second episode of the show if you think they've jumped the shark before if you think fear the walking dad has done some awful stuff and ruined it for you In any other universe, this would be a very entertaining episode of TV, but in The Walking Dead, I don't want to ruin anything. You know what I'm going to say? They did Groundhog Day. Oh, God. Something that shouldn't be possible. I mean, yes, it's a universe with zombies, but it's a reality-based universe. This is fucking ridiculous. We're watching this. We're like, what the fuck is this? Now, if you take away the fact that it's in the Walking Dead universe, the acting was good. The story was good. There was nothing wrong with any of that. But a story like that should not be in the reality-based universe of the Walking Dead. It's fucked up. I don't even know what the fuck I watched. (laughs) Yeah, Paul's just blinking. Yeah, I mean, you have to watch it because you need to join me on the what the fuck train. But (laughs) my wife goes, is this what this show is going to be? I I just... I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, perfect. Looking forward to it. Hey, so I was something that I can bang my head against the wall for a while. I was actually thinking Uh, about getting caught up so I could watch some of the new stuff. Well, well, I mean, you still should. You know, okay, the first episode was good. The second episode is what the fuck. The third episode is going to be Alpha's backstory. So I'm sure that'll be really good. Mm -hmm. I'm just concerned now that that they've said, hey, for this show, nothing is off limits. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just, I mean, I, I think you guys have a pretty good idea of what the episode is now without giving out, you know, the details, because you're going to know what it is right away. You know, it's not like a big, a big secret, but how do you do that? It shouldn't be possible in, yeah. in that. Yeah. Now I want someone to explain that to me, how that fits into Walking Dead canon. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's Kirkman. Or Scott and Gimple. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I thought the first episode was good. What did you think, Corbs? I liked it. I liked it. It, it was kind of like you, know, you said; it was very lighthearted. It didn't really. It just centered around the two of them trying to find, you know, whoever, whatever they were looking for. And I didn't dislike it. It was. I was kind of like, okay, this is a little not Walking Dead ish until you get to certain spots in it, and then and whatnot. So, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. Yeah, and you know what? I would be happy if they expanded the or the episode count on this show, and if right. they do stories like that, even if they don't involve 
characters we know, because it is actually interesting. This has been happening to 8 billion people, and we've only seen what's happened to, you know, 50 Two areas, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see more little, they're bottle episodes, and that's good, as long as the writing's good. Um, but y- you can't have, like, fucking aliens show up on one, or... Right, or Groundhog Day. Yeah. Wasn't there an alien thing in in the comic books? No, there was. Oh. Kirkman made a joke that you know he that the cause was aliens, but then oh. he did a uh, comic, and it was only published in Playboy. I mean, maybe they published it in a special edition afterwards. Um, and it was called the Alien, and everyone knew that. And everyone thought, oh, we're going to find out the the origin. And what it was is Rick Grimes' brother was in the UK when it, everything broke out. And he is the alien in another country and he doesn't really know people and the world's going to shit and he doesn't know what to do. And at one point he just name drops his brother, who's a a police officer in in Florida named Rick or Georgia. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that's where that comes from. (laughs) That's funny. I'm wondering wondering maybe if they're going to, at some point you may see some of these characters cross over into one or the other, you know, like, well, I think you're going to, I think Tales of the Walking Dead, I, I think they're taking it easy this first season, but if they, they run with it and they seem to want to keep the universe uh, going, um, that's a great way to occasionally tell a story about our, some, maybe one of our main characters in the future, tell one about the past, a character that's dead. I know they've talked about having Abraham come back and nice. do an episode. They can have Glenn come back and do an episode. Um, once the main show ends, they have a lot more leeway because they can use any of the cast. To tell right, they, can, yeah, they can always go back and show origin yeah, stories. That, that'll people. bring their costs way down yeah. uh, as well. Um, I think it's an excellent idea, and I would be happy with 16 episodes of that per year. Nice. Yeah. As long as it's not Groundhog Day. Well, the way you just said it, bring characters back from the past. David Morrissey, the governor, an origin story about that would be really cool if they did that. Yeah. His character is way better in the graphic novel, though, but still, good character. His character is way different in the graphic novel. I know. In the TV show, yeah, the TV show humanized him, right. so he, it's so different that I, I, I don't think saying better is, is fair because he did an amazing job humanizing the character giving him motivation where in the comic he just looked like skinny danny trejo and was fucking crazy so which was also cool um but yeah i i can't look at him and say one's better than the other you know whereas i can look at you know comic negan versus you know real life negan and or, well, tv show negan and i they're close enough i can you know decide whether or not i think one's better than the other good point all right I, uh, I guess it's oh. my turn, right? Yeah. So, uh, Kev, you finished watching the Terminal List, yes? Did we? Yeah, you said you did. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, I, I enjoyed that. That was very good. Um, you were right about Ben at the end. Yeah. I think you said that, like, first the first episode you watched or whatever, when he came into it. I was, yeah. I, I, I didn't. I didn't really get that until probably when he was helping him at the compound and he was part of what was going on. Yeah. But yeah. And then my question to you, Kev, about that whole thing is, do you think he actually killed him on the boat? They didn't show Mm. it. You know what I mean? So the character, um, I mean, he's ruthless. He, right. he's 
he saw that he had a job to do. And I think he saw in Ben's eyes that Ben knew what he had done wrong. Yep. And he knew he knew what his end needed to be. Because right. I don't think Ben could live with himself after that. After that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think I think that Chris Pratt's character there, I think he was doing Ben a favor. And um, I don't okay, yeah, I can see that. I, I think I, I think that's as much as as much that as him doing what he set out to do and finishing the job. Yeah. So I agree. That, it was, but it was a phenomenal show. I'm hoping they, they come up with a with a second season for it. Yeah, it's a, it's quite the book series. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a potential there. Right. And then the other thing I watched, I watched yesterday. Just started watching it. Brand new series. It's the Dark Side of Comedy. Oh wow! So I was like, oh, I wanted to check this out, and the first episode was all about uh, everyone's favorite funny man, Chris Farley. Ooh. So it was very good. It it, it told some interesting uh, things about him and how he obviously. I mean, y'all know everybody knows his struggle, alcohol, drugs, and all that stuff. But I mean, they he tried to get sober many many times, like many addicts do. Get sober for a while, relapse. Get sober for a while, relapse. Uh, Laura Michaels tried to, to help him out. Um, I mean, he, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, they all tried to help him. Um, but he was just, he, the way that it came up in the, in the TV show, it, it was basically like he was so insecure about the way he looked, uh, being so overweight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his big thing was, well, fat man fall down, everybody laugh. I mean, his his thing was the Pratt fall. I mean, yep. him falling through the table or whatever. Um, so it just was interesting. Like I, I watched it. They talked to they talked to his brothers and stuff like that. He had three brothers and a sister. They were all very funny. His his mother and father both kind of pranksters with the whole family. They just always were laughing and joking. But they all said that he was far above everybody else. He just had a knack for knowing the, the, the room and he could read the room. And, he, you know, he was always trying to make everybody laugh. And he was always looking for that laugh. And, you know, he was always very insecure about it. <coughs> you know, he was always trying to reassure himself, asking people, oh, was I funny tonight? Was this funny? You know, when his movies didn't do well, he that's when he relapsed. When his movies bombed gotcha. or whatever, he would relapse. Um, his, which I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't get this part. I was shocked at this one, but his sober coach was Tom Arnold. Mm-hmm. Right. I probably the same when they were talking to him, you know, and, it, it, and Tom Arnold said it's a selfish thing. You know, you're, trying to help somebody be sober, but they're helping you be, they help, it helps you stay sober. Okay. So, you know, it was just, you know, and all these guys talked about him, all these other comedians would talk about him, how funny he was, and they could just see the cry for help, and, you know, nobody could, nobody could help him. He just didn't want to get, he didn't want to get clean. He's, his big thing was, he wanted to be Belushi. Okay. And he wanted to die like Belushi died. His, his big, his funny, his running gag, or he would tell people that, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just overdose and be gone? Just Jesus. like Belushi, just like Belushi did. 
and he ended up just like Belushi did. So, you know, it was, it was interesting to watch. It was a little, it was a little sad to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I have, I have a family history with that. So it's, it, it hits home a little bit more seeing it firsthand and then watching somebody watching a show about somebody who went through the same things and you can see the similarities. So it just kind of hit home a little bit more for me. Um, but again, it was a good show. Next week's episode is about Andrew Dice Clay. Nice. So I think they're going to talk about, I know they, I don't know who else they're going to talk about, but I, I'm looking forward to that one too, because everybody knows Dice. He was funny, um, very controversial. Yeah. Yes, he was. So I'm looking forward to that one too and, and seeing where that, um, where that comes out, how that comes out. So it looks like it's going to be an interesting, um, interesting documentary series, I guess is what you would call it. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. They're coming out with another one, another wrestling one that uh, The Rock is putting together for oh. for Vice. Um, but off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of it. So when I when I hear it, when I see it next week, when I watch the it. The Territories. The Territories. Oh, nice. Yes. yes. I'm looking forward to seeing that one too. That one looked pretty pretty good too. It talks about wrestling before Vince McMahon. That'll be interesting. It. You know, it was always about the territories and, and the wrestling groups in the territories. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that one too. So nice. Corbs, um, it was cool. Like um, I don't know if it was that documentary, but I saw one on Chris Farley as well. You probably know this too. Um, Tommy Boy, when he's talking to his father at the end of the movie. They actually, before they uh, wrote that, they had a little comedy, more comedy in it. Chris Farley, before he died, he definitely wanted to go more dramatic with some of his roles. So he's like, you know what? I just wanted to read this one straight. So he literally, when he read that in the boat, he had no dry eye in the whole studio. They're like, oh my God, he did that so straight. He's, you're like, fat man fall down funny. But yeah. he wanted to do something so dramatic, so straight laced. He's like, I want to try the, because before he died, like I read a cool documentary, watched a cool documentary, movies that um, never happened. And Chris Farley was going to do a biopic after the Shrek movie, because of course he was Shrek, but he was going to do a biopic on Fatty Arbuckle. Oh, no. oh, wow. Yeah. But he did that one so straight laced. And then of course he hit himself in the head with the, the boat. He's like, oh, son of a bitch or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> but like, no, he did. Everyone's like, oh my God, Chris, you can really act. That's yeah, he wanted to do that. But I thought Mike Myers was Shrek. He is, but Farley was supposed to be. Oh, Chris Farley. Yeah. So they shelved it for a while, and then Mike Myers picked it up. He's like, I want to pay homage to Chris Farley for this movie. Yeah. And then, it, you know, you, you go back and look, and all these actors that were with him on, on Saturday Night Live, I mean, and they were all, they were all ghosts, but he was, he was a legendary partier. <coughs> you know, that was the thing. Nate explained it, you know, Monday, y'all got together. They introduced the the, co- the host because the the last thing that he did before he died was hosted Saturday Night Live. They brought him back to host Saturday Night Live to try and help him get sober again. That's when he was at his when he was in his obviously in his downward spiral. So Lauren Michaels was like, "Well, let's let, let's see if we can help him. Let's bring him back, and hopefully we can get him clean while he's here." And it just didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work, obviously. Yeah, yeah, he was just, he was, he was a mess when he was there. I mean, he was drinking, um, doing, you know, speedballs and heroin and stuff like that. So it was just, it was a, a bad mix. So they explained the whole, how the whole week goes. And they have an out up until 
like I think Saturday at like five o'clock where they can decide if the host that they have for the week is the host they want to keep. And then they film it. Obviously they film it live at 11 o'clock or 1130, whenever it comes on. And they kept them on there hoping a, they were hoping a would help him and he would be okay. Or it would be an absolute train wreck. Uh-huh. And they figured that train wreck would get them ratings. So they were looking for twofold. They were hoping to God that they would get him sober. And then he was, he was dead like six days later. It was, it was just, you know, that was just an Austro. I was just like, holy crap. But that was, that was their last ditch effort. They thought of the guys there were trying to help him get sober. Um, the first time he came to the, the studio after getting the fresh of the first year or whatever, they found him downstairs, I guess, down at the bottom of uh, whatever, wherever it is. The, the studio, there's a McDonald's in the very bottom of that basement. David Spade and another actress were going down there to get something to eat. They opened the elevator and he was standing there. He was so out of his mind. Standing in front of, didn't even know where he was. That they were, and they tried to get him to his office to let him sober up and they ran into Lauren Michaels. And he and Lauren Michaels didn't, you know, you would figure if you see something like that, that they're going to get fired. And Lauren Michaels just kind of pulled him aside and said, you know, you need to get help. And he went and got help and got clean. It was clean for like three years. And then just, he just relapsed and it was all over after that. So it's too bad. It is. That's, it and that's the way to bring the show down. Seriously. Way to go, Corbs. Hey. <laughs> When I talk, I bring the room down. You, you bring you brought the show right down to the basement McDonald's. <laughs> oh, you can eat our way out of this. Go for it. <clears throat> well, I, I don't have anything. I've had no time to watch anything. So well, fuck. <laughs> but I guess we can uh, wrap this thing up. You can drop some nuggets. I can. Well, then drop <clears throat> damn nuggets, damn it. If you'll be my bodyguard. I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty. And Betty, when you call me, you can call me Al. Good night, everybody, and megabyte me, Al. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. The fourth annual Sci Fi Horror Fest is coming to Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York on August 26th and 27th. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities including horror tracks live movie riff, gaming with geeks, haircuts from the demon barber himself, Sweeney Todd, vendors, paranormal investigation groups, and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities. Exciting guests include special FX artist Craig Lindbergh, Scream Queens Genevieve Rossi and Lena Sena, and headline guests include CJ Graham, Richard Masser, David Howard Thornton, Grim from Grimm's Horror Show, Brandon Tennold from Brandon Tennold's Cult Movie Reviews, Peter Gashik, the Sin Masochist, and Cecil Trechenberg of Good Bad Flicks. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.scifihorrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any last issues with COVID-19.